All right. Wow. So good what the Lord's doing. Um, I, you know, I, I was just thinking about this year, how back in January, we began to experience some, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. And we had, you know, it's about a six-week period back there early in the year where the Lord just started coming in a fresh way. And now we've been in this season, and, you know, I was meeting with Andrew this week. I actually don't need it. I don't have a PowerPoint. The Lord told me not to have one today. Yeah. So here's somebody can have this. I know, it's scary, isn't it? Actually, this I'm going to say some things today I've never said before, so I... Uh, I'm just thankful to get up here today. I was really concerned that I, I've been carrying this message for several weeks now, and it's been really intense in my spirit. And I was just like, Lord, I don't know what I'll do if you don't let me get, rid, get this message out today. Like, I'll, I'll explode or something. And I'm going on some vacation this week, and I didn't want to carry this message on vacation with me. It's, I mean, it's good. But I want to say some things I've never said before. Um, and never really talked about publicly, and it, it's all good. It's all really good. And you know, I just I love the I love the problems that we have. You know, I was talking with Andrew this week, and you know, we, we have this problem of like God is moving so much, we have to decide whether or not to have another service. You know, when you when you I've I've had a lot of other problems, and and I'm really thankful for that kind of problem. And I you know I wasn't I don't make the decision for Andrew or for the team and the teams together in this. And, but I was able to put some perspective on it. And I said to Andrew, I said, it's not so much about do we have meetings this week, but it is do you have the freedom and release from the Lord to not meet this week? And I was able to, to reframe it, which is the season that Marcy and I are in. That's what, that's what fathers and mothers do. And I've been in that place before, and I felt the weight of God moving. And I want to talk about that, that weight that, that comes as God, is, as God is moving. And I want to share some stories with you today of revival and of the Spirit of God moving. And what an honor it is to steward a move of God, that God would would come and want to move among us. You know that God would even want to live in us. I mean, the cross is amazing. And thank you, Steve, so much for leading us in such a powerful time of communion this morning. But I want to, I want to talk this morning about the cost of revival. It's not something I've often talked about. You know, when the Spirit of God first began to move here, back when we were James Avenue Baptist Church. I thought that the Spirit of God had come to just bless what we were doing. That God was going to come and we were already doing all these great things and He was just going to kind of come into our great things and sort of put a little bit more turbocharge into all the great things that we were doing. And I just want to say that I couldn't have been more wrong. That God is God. And He doesn't come to just 
bless all our stuff. He comes to be God. And God is God. And so I didn't know that when God started showing up that like things that weren't ordered for where we were going that we had been afraid to change were going to have to change. Because God is building his church and he's not just about coming on us to give us this little nice touch of blessing but he's coming to rule and reign and to build his church and God has a kingdom agenda for this time and season and he comes because there's a big picture of something that he's doing so he doesn't just come to put a little nice blessing on what we're doing he comes to be himself and God being himself no matter how much we think we're right aligned with him. We're not where we're going to be. <laughs> and he comes and, and, and he disrupts. And things that can be shaken, that need to be shaken, so that we can experience what can't be shaken, they must be shaken. And God comes and he shakes up our nice, comfortable world. And so I found out that there is a cost in revival. And, and this morning I want to talk about that. And I feel for each of us this morning that God is calling us to cross a line. And that line is not going to be the same for any of us. And, I, and as I say that, I want to say... That whatever God is calling you to cross over today, that it's significant. Because sometimes there's this thing out there, and I was hearing this this week as I was about to tell these stories. Well, these little stories, you know, people are in Mozambique are being beheaded right now. And I'm going to tell my little stories of revival, but, you know, it's like, what are they compared to Mozambique and all of that? And I just want to break off that comparison today. You have a journey with God, and He has called you where you need to be. And do not listen to the voice of accusation or the voice of comparison. And so even as I share some things, I don't want you to compare your journey with my journey. I want you to cross over in your journey with what God has for you to cross over this morning. And I want you to step over the lines that He's asking you to step over today. You know, Stephen, Acts chapter 6, you know, we read about, about Stephen and, and how he was stoned. And I, it doesn't tell us Stephen's whole journey, but obviously he was a man of God who had said yes to Jesus many times. But that day, there was a yes that was different. That as he stood before the council and he began to declare Jesus before the council, the Bible says that his face shone like an angel. And he began to go through by the Spirit of God and to recount the history of God's people. And it's just an amazing story as you read Acts chapter 7. But as you come to the end of the chapter, it says when they heard this, in Acts 7.54, they were cut to the quick and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, 
He gazed intently into heaven and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And several verses later, as they stoned him, he fell on his knees. He cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. He had said yes, he had crossed over lines many times, but there are points where there are crossover moments that bring us into a whole new place. And I want to talk about some of those moments today. And I want to say that I don't believe for a moment that Stephen regretted crossing over that line in that moment. And revival for Stephen cost him his life in that moment. But as he looked full of the Holy Spirit, gazing intently into heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, I want to guarantee he wasn't thinking about the cost. He wasn't thinking about stones. He had his eyes on Jesus. And it was worth it. And so as the stones were being hurled in that moment, he stepped into a fresh revelation of Jesus. And it says in Romans 8, 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And then in Philippians it says, Paul says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and, help me out here, the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, I want to be honest to you that many times I've stopped at the power of his resurrection. I thought, you know what? I don't, I'm not sure I want to ask for the fellowship of his sufferings. There's enough sufferings anyway. But, you know, as I was praying over this this week, the fellowship of his sufferings, that's the word koinonia. And, by the way, part of life here on earth is suffering. You know, it says, it, it says in First or Second Peter, I'm not sure which one, but it says you're going to suffer if you do right, and you're going to suffer if you do wrong. You might as well suffer for doing right. <laughs> and only, I can guarantee you that is the better way to suffer. But it's interesting, there's not a box C there of, I choose the not suffer version. Like, you know, I'm kind of there, I float above the sufferings. If y'all want to be down, if y'all want to suffer and walk in that, you know, you can, but no. There, there's A and B. We're, we're going to suffer in this life. It's, it's part of the journey. But here's the beauty of suffering. Is that there is a place of fellowship, revelation, and communion with Jesus in suffering that you cannot experience in anything else. There is a precious revelation of him that is in that moment. And I know you have times in your life when you've walked through really difficult things. And, and one of the times that Marcy and I were walking through something really hard, I mean, we really thought we were done. And we went out, I took her on my running trail. Uh, for me, my running trails are holy ground. And, and she had never been on this trail. Uh, this trail's not there anymore. The, the builder people came and took it. I forgive them. 
Yeah, I suffered. <laughs> Thank you. But we were walking that day and just processing through some really intense things. And you know, and it was scary. It was really scary. But when I look back at that moment now, and I see that trail in my mind, all I can see is the presence of God and how real he was in that moment, one of the deepest moments of distress that we've ever had to walk through in our lives. In that moment, we were experiencing the fellowship of his sufferings. And it is such, such a rich place. In 2017, and I've, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. In 2017, I stood right here, and I was leading us in a ministry time, and leading us to kind of an exercise of just looking in the eyes of Jesus. And everything was really going great, except that I really began to see the eyes of Jesus. And it, it became not a, just a kind of an exercise to go through. But I saw the fire of love, and I was standing here, and I'm getting all these thoughts of like, you're starting to lose it. You're supposed to be leading. You're, uh, you're online. <laughs> and uh, I kept stepping through those moments into more and more into the door that was open for me in a moment. And, and do you understand that when a door opens for you in the spirit, you can't make that door open again. So if a door opens for you in the spirit this morning, I want to really encourage you to go through that door. Because I've held back before, and I want to tell you some stories of where I held back today. But in that moment, I kept taking these steps. I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't care how I look. And then I'm, I'm standing here and I'm wailing and, I, and I'm screaming and, and I'm shouting. And, and it's like, you know, I'm here. I still hear the voice some. Like, you really look weird. But you want to know what? The more you step into that place, the less you care about the voice of the fear of man and what you look like. And the more you see reality. And what happened to me on that Sunday morning in 2017, in many ways, I, I don't know how I would have made it through the last five years without what happened in that experience because I experienced a new capacity to see things in the Spirit after gazing in the eyes of Jesus that morning. Now, there have been times that I said no to those moments. And, and I trust God with those. You know, I, I, I missed a moment here Wednesday night. Um, how many of you were here Wednesday night? I was here Wednesday night, and, and I've been kind of getting over a sickness thing for the last several weeks. And it, I was just glad to be able to be here Wednesday night. Like, my capacity level was not quite back. And so, so I was here, and I also had had a knee injury. I haven't been able to run for three weeks. So 
pray for Marcy. You really don't want to be around me. Um, <laughs> and so I was here, and Addie came up to me, and she said, down here, I couldn't tell what she was saying at first. You know, the worship's going on and all of that. And, and she said, Papa, will you skip with me? Papa, will you skip with me? And I said, no. And I want to tell you something. I missed a moment. I missed a moment. And I went back to Addie and I said, I will skip with you anytime you want. But in a moment where I needed to be a child, I chose to be an adult. And I want to tell you, choosing to be a child is a much better choice. And next time Addie asks me if she does, Papa, will you skip with me? Papa's going to skip with Addie. I don't care if Papa's at the end of his capacity or feels like his knee's just getting back Papa's going to skip with Addie. You know, every single one of us here, we have a comfort zone. <laughs> you have a comfort zone. I don't care how wild you are, how out there. Every single one of us has a, a comfort zone. And, and even, you know, we're here and, and we love the Holy Spirit and we pray in tongues. Sometimes we fall down. Sometimes we shake, but we have a comfort zone. And I feel like God is calling us out of our comfort zone and into the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that the church, the church grew in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I feel the fear of God because I've watched people that I feel like are much more spiritual than me. I've watched people experience a move of God and then miss or even reject the next move of the Spirit of God. And so I realized that if these people who I respect, who I feel like have gone way beyond me in the things of the Spirit, if they could reject a move of God, I could reject a move of and so I know that I've got to keep my heart open. And I, I trust God that I'm not going to miss that move of the Spirit of God. But I want to tell you something. I don't want to just not miss the move of the Spirit of God. And I don't want to just tolerate the move of the Spirit of God. I want to be in there running with the next generation. Let's go all the way with God. Whatever it looks like. And I want to guarantee you, it's going to look different than you think it's going to look. We're not here to repeat 1993. Or 1981. Or 2007. We're here for the fresh new thing that God is doing. And I love what someone said. Someone wrote this on my Facebook. They said, God doesn't do reruns. Guys, we're not here for a rerun. We're not here to repeat the revival of 1858, as great as it was. God is doing something fresh and something new. And there's a line he's calling us to cross. There is a price. And Paul said to Timothy, he said, 
And, you know, it's so funny, like 2 Timothy 2.2 is one of my life verses. The things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And, and that verse, I love that verse because it covers four generations. You've got Paul, you've got Timothy, you've got faithful men teaching other faithful men. It's about multiplication. And I love that. It's, 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 a, it's such a powerful verse. But the next verse has not been my favorite verse. And it says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There, there's a price to pay. And you know, we all love 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a power, love, and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. And so this journey with Jesus is going to require sacrifice. Like there are things we're going to have to lay down for a greater purpose. It's going to require suffering, which means pain, distress, and hardship. And it's going to require obedience, which we know that to obey is better than sacrifice. God is not looking for all this sacrifice. He just wants us to obey and do what he says. And that's what we're here to do this morning. And so I want to tell you a few more stories, and, and I'm going to wrap this up here. But in 1993, as a church, we crossed a line. Rodney Howard Brown had been ministering the Cal Calvary Cathedral, which used to be before the tornado, was, was up on the west side of downtown there. And I went to the meetings to check it out, and... He called, for, he called for ministers. So, uh, so I went. And uh, he came and I don't know whether he touched me or not. I, I honestly don't think he did. But he said, in that South African accent, he said, fire! And I went, boom! And I was on the floor for over an hour. And while I was on the floor listening to the Lord, I, I, he, he said some things that kind of surprised me. And one of the things he said, he said, I'm calling you back to this. I was like, well, I didn't really know I left it. He began to show me the early days. In my, in my apartment six in Waco, Texas, we were so drunk with the Holy Spirit, our neighbors thought we were crazy, and they were right. We, we were. And, you know, we were... We were Drunk with Holy Spirit, laughing, casting out demons. You know, we, we were just going for it. Which the interesting thing is one of those neighbors later messaged me on Facebook about seven years ago and said, thank you for following the Holy Spirit. I thought you were crazy, but now I know it's really God and I'm crazy too. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm laying on the floor, Calvary Cathedral, 1993, and the Lord says, I'm calling you back to this. So I said, okay, we're going to go. We're going to go. I met with the elders. Guys, I'm going to tell this story Sunday, and we're going to go somewhere we haven't gone before as a church. And I love, I love the leadership of this church. They said, yes, let's do it. And so, so we, began, we began to meet after that, and, and things happened that, I had never experienced before, and I don't know that it ever happened before in the history of this church. 
Uh, we spent entire services laughing, laying on the floor. We eventually had to get rid of the pews because it wasn't about how many people could sit in church, but how many people lay on the floor overcome by the Holy Spirit. And it was such a powerful time. But as we came towards the end of 93 and begin to enter 94, I began to know in my spirit there was something else God wanted to do. I felt it was refreshing. I felt it was prayer. I didn't know what it looked like. Some people said, well, maybe it's fasting. And I was like, no, I knew it. I knew it wasn't fasting. <laughs> How many of you are always sure it's not fasting? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's move on. <laughs> it was not fasting. <laughs> okay. But I knew the <laughs> we're being open this morning. Uh, I knew there was an element of refreshing to it. And so, in April of 1994, John Arnott came to Arlington, Texas. Was anyone else in the room there? Grace Community Church. And, and we canceled our evening service. I actually was speaking at another church, at a Spanish church that night. We canceled our service and said, we had Sunday night services back then. And, um, and we said, hey, we're going to go over to this church and just see what happens. We don't know, but we've heard some things that God's doing something. Just go over there. And so we were dri- I was driving back. I'd preached at the Spanish church. We'd seen God do great things. And I just thought, you know, it's really late. It was like, I think it was almost 10 o'clock. I was like, let's just drop by this church in Arlington, which was not a drop by. It was like way out of the way. And uh, so we showed up, and people were laying on the floor. And it was really low-key. It was very kind of vineyard-like in a lot of ways. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't a like, in the name of Jesus, you know. And I'm not against any of that. I've been all of that. It, you know, I will do any of that. I'll be calm. I'll be whatever Holy Spirit wants. But this was very low-key. Father, touch them, just bless them, more Lord, more Lord. And people will boom, and they were laying on the floor, and you just felt the presence of God all over it. And when I saw that, I knew that was what I'd been sensing in my spirit for several months. And, and the Lord said, I want you to call your church into this now. And so, um, in April of 1994, I'd seen this, and I had been playing. I took that, after that happened, I took that cassette tape, and I just played the message all week. I've been listening to this tape. And I sat in my chair that night. Um, everyone else was in bed. And I was there in my prayer chair. In the chair, you know, I'd rocked the kids in it and stayed up late at night with them and had many moments. And but in that chair that night, I felt the weight. I felt the weight that we were about to go somewhere we had never been. I was about to lead our church somewhere that I hadn't been. And I felt personally that there was going to be a price for where we were going. And I sat in that chair that night. And I began... To just give the Lord my fears. And I wrote them in my journal. I'll just read them to you. 
I said, tonight I have repented of the following fears. The fear of not being respected. The fear of being confronted. I was actually afraid as we went here. I knew it would be, there would be confrontation. And I'll tell you, these things actually did happen. But I wasn't afraid of them anymore. The fear of hurting my parents. I love my family. And I knew that when this began to happen at our church, that it was going to cause pain in my family. And I hated that. And there were many times I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why did you put me one mile away from the largest Baptist seminary in the world where my family is? You could have put us anywhere in the world. And here we are right down the street. I can practically throw a rock and hit the seminary. The fourth fear I repented of that night was the fear of man. And then the fifth fear was the fear of being spoken against. And I sat in my chair that night. I felt that weight. And I gave those things to the Lord, and there was a sense in which I died that night in that chair. (laughs) I died to things that were really important to me. I crossed a line that night. And I don't want to tell you all the stories, but was there pain? Yes. Was it hard on my family? Yes. There was direct ridicule from the seminary and classes. Um, Another man went to my dad and said, your son's preaching heresy and caused an even larger rift in that season. And the weight I felt that night was real. But I want to tell you, I would do it again a thousand times over. I would do it again a thousand times over. The move of God that we experienced out of that. And the freedom that I begin to have in my life, not being bound by the fear of man anymore. That I was no longer tethered to, I can't go here because what is someone going to think? And what if we are ridiculed? Well, we were ridiculed and so what? It passed away. And yes, there was, there was a rift that occurred in my family. That there had already been some of it, but it was greater. But I want to tell you, God did miracles of restoration. And my dad, who would not come to this church, came to this church and preached on Father's Day. And we hugged right here. And there was reconciliation. And whatever God's journey is for you, I want to encourage you that there's going to be a cost in it, but it's worth it. 
God didn't call my dad on the same journey he called me to. My dad, he totally fulfilled his journey. I, I can't believe everything he came out of, stepped into, how many lives he impacted. But it's his fault that I'm here today. <laughs> In every way. <laughs> it's his fault that I'm here. And it's his fault that I'm in this move of God because it's what he prayed for. It's not what he saw that it would be like. But it is what he prayed for. And that is one thing for us as parents. Is we have to hold on loosely as we pray for our kids. Because what you're praying for in your kids is not going to look like you think it's going to look. And this move of God that we're praying for, even as we were crying out in worship, so appreciate that, Seth, and we were asking the Holy Spirit to come afresh, He's going to come. And you know what? We're a part of so many things across the world right now. And, and what we're experiencing in this room, we're not the only ones. Like there's a fresh, it's like birth pangs that are happening right now that we're on the beginning of a wave. And so... What I feel that I want to call us into this morning and what I want to call you to is whatever the line is in your life, I want to exhort you this morning to cross over that line. And for me, that line was fear. It was fear of what my parents felt. It was fear of man, fear of being ridiculed, and all of those things that I knew. And we had gone so far already. I mean, people were laughing and bouncing and all of this. I was like, surely there's not more. I want to tell you there's more. There's always more, and we can't rely on the fact that I gave everything to Jesus five years ago. And as you walk with the Lord, there's always something fresh to lay down. You know, it was pretty easy for me to give my life to the Lord at eight. It was quite another thing to really lay things down when I got married. It wasn't just me anymore, and then we had all these kids started happening, and we had four of them in five years. Not sure how that happened. But there was, there was more to lay down. And then you have a ministry, you have a church, and it's worth it to cross that line. Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he sells all that he has and he buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The pearl is worth everything. And I want you to stand. If I could have someone on instrument or keys, something would be great. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this moment. Lord, I want to thank you for the heritage of this house. Lord, for even a place where in the 70s people could come as they were experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that they didn't care what people thought. And Lord, thank you for the changes that were made here in the 80s and the tremendous price that was paid by the pastor at that time. And 
so many left. And, but Lord, you moved us into the reality of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the new places in worship and new structures of leadership, God. And thank you for what you did in the 90s, God. And thank you, Father, for what all the fruit that manifested in the 2000s. But God, I thank you for 2022 yeah. and the fresh wave of the Spirit of God that you have given us the honor and the privilege that we would have to be working through the problems of what do we do because so much is happening. And Lord, I thank you for the way that you're touching this generation and for what they carry. And Lord, I don't know, I don't know where the steps that we take this morning, I don't know where it's going to take us. I don't know what it's going to cost for different ones in this room. But I know there will be a cost. And I know it's worth every ounce, every penny, everything laid down is so, so, so worth it. And Lord, I'm just standing here just even thinking what an honor it is to have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords call you to a new place. That you would want us, that you would desire us that much to take us out of our fleshly comfort and out of our, our zone where you could just let us be there the rest of our lives, God. But you love us enough to break it up, to smash it, and to call us into more. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this morning, the, the invitation is really simple. It's to cross the line and to say, Lord, whatever this is, wherever you're taking me, whatever the fears have been, I repent, I turn from those, and I step into this new place. I say yes, God. And I just want to ask you, as you're ready, the message is to come forward. Don't come until you've, there may be some things that need to happen before you come up. There is no pressure to rush up. If you are ready, come. But there's something you've got to sort out, something you need to repent of for a moment. You can do that. You come as you're ready. But coming forward says, Lord, I'm crossing the line. Here I am. Whatever that obedience looks like in my life, 
And whatever that obedience looks like for us as a church, Lord, <coughs> we, we can't, we don't come today saying that or feeling like we have some kind of badge of having been in past moves. God, we just come and we say this morning, please find us ready for this move of the Spirit, God. <laughs> Would you find us ready, God, that we will take the pearl and we will run. Whatever it looks like, God, I pray that you'd find ready and willing hearts in this room and that you would grace us again to be on the, the wave, Lord. Would you grace us, Lord? And Lord, would you have mercy on us and let us be again a gateway of things that you want to open up across the earth. Find us ready today, God. And we just want to say this morning, Lord, that you are worth it all. You are worth it all. The sufferings of this present time are nothing compared to the glories that are to be revealed to us. And Lord, I thank you that those glories are not just for heaven someday, but we reach into those glories now, Lord, as we agree with you and as we obey you and as we move forward with you. So here we are, God. Here we are, God. Send us. Send me. Send me. Thank you, Father, that chains are falling off. As something just comes to you, just lay it, just give it to the Lord. Lord, I give to you the fear of man, whatever that is for you. Lord, I give to you the fear of what people will think. Lord, I give to you wanting to look impressive, wanting to look successful. God, we lay it all down. We lay it all down. We give to you, Lord, just wanting to please people more than you. Lord, it's such a hard thing for me. Lay it down. I lay it down. I lay it down. I lay it down. Yes. We step across. We cross that line. We step across the line today, Lord. For the fresh thing that you have, Lord, we're not here to make it happen, but we're just here to say yes. Yes, 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 yes. Just let's just say it out loud. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, let it echo in heaven, God. Lord, hear the yes of our heartbeats. Not just the yes of our mouths, 
with the yes of our hearts, the yes of our bodies, yielded to you as living sacrifices, then here we are, God. Yes. Yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. to to just go keep your hand up for a moment and I want us to I want us to to lay our hands on that on this generations and I want us to bless them I want us to bless what they carry I want us to bless the seeds of revival that are in their lives I want us to bless where they're going we bless where you're going we bless what you carry we bless the places you're going to go in God Bless, we bless what you carry for the generations. We bless you and we say yes to the call of God. We say yes to the fire of God on your lives. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. Yes, this morning and that is just because we know this is this is Andrew's heart and Emily's heart and all of our team's heart right now is that we respond to God and that is what I feel 
as we go today that just right now we just speak the release and the permission to respond to God that it's about responding to God and I remember in the in the 90s in this move of God that happened it it started when Randy Clark spoke in Toronto and in that meeting Heidi Baker before Randy Clark ever gave an altar call, she didn't wait for the altar call. She ran to the front. She was so compelled and so touched by God, she ran to the front before there was ever an altar call. And I just, that picture just came to my mind this morning. And I just feel like as a church right now, we want to respond to God. We don't have to wait for a certain call. Just respond to God. You have permission to respond to God in any meeting we have. And speaking of meetings, we're having one Thursday night. <laughs> At 7 right here where we're just going to worship and we're just going to seek Him and we're just going to respond to Him. So, Father, thank you. And you are, we're, I'm not ending this. I want to encourage, there's some of you still, the Lord's touching you, and you don't need to go yet. And, and you stay here until you know what is settled with the Lord in this moment is settled with Him. So, Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this house, Lord. Thank you for each person that's here, Lord. And I bless you. I bless you. I bless you this week as we step into places of new freedom. Father, as we find ourselves stepping out of our comfort zone and into the crazy radical comfort of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Father, thank you. And thank you for the seeds that are happening right now. Thank you for the waves, Lord, of the Spirit of God. And we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the fresh fire, for the fresh fire, for the fresh fire. And I bless you as you step into the new things of God this week. Thank you, God, for where you're going to take us and for what you're going to do. Thank you, God. So I just want to say, too, Wesley is ministering next Sunday, right? And our youth, they were, they were radically impacted at youth camp. And they... Yeah. And they... They are carrying a lot, and I want to say next Sunday, be here. Be here, bring somebody, bring a youth. It doesn't matter if they know Jesus or not, bring them. I'm telling you, God's going to break it open next Sunday, so be here. Awesome. Yeah, I heard camp was so, so, so powerful. Is there anyone who just wanted to share a quick... 
testimony of an encounter or anything, something that happened this week? Yeah? Come on up. Yeah. Come on up here. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> it's so good to be back. Um, man, so much happened. Um, So, as most of you know, I've been dealing with a lot of um, physical stomach things this year. Um, but this week, we were lining up to do one of the um, outside games, and I just felt like I wasn't supposed to do it because my stomach was hurting, I was getting really nauseous, um, and so Jesus was like, Jesus was like, don't do it. Um, and so I did it, and I went to the amazing Miss Nikki. <laughs> um, and I was like, hey, I'm not feeling good. Can I stay in the cabin? And she was like, of course, of course. Um, and so I went um, I went and got in one of the, one of the beds and just like kind of sat there and was, um, was about to start a quiet time. But then another leader that... Um, I didn't know came up and started talking to me about um, different like health things and she was asking asking me about my journey and um, and so I just kind of told her what was going on and um, she had also dealt with a lot of health issues in her life and um, she was like well did you know that our emotions are connected to our body parts and I was like no, I didn't know that. Um, and so she was like, so take anger, for example. Anger is connected to your liver. And if, like, maybe you're feeling anger, that can um, do a lot of harm to your liver. And if your liver is detoxing, maybe that's causing you a lot of anger. Um, and so she was just, like, telling me all this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Doesn't It didn't really resonate with me. Um until later I realized that four days before um, my stomach issues started um, I was having a lot of fear about something going on in my life and and so I asked her I was like what does fear connect to and she said the stomach And then I told her, um, like, what had been going on. And she was like, well, we're going to break that. And we're going <laughs> to, um, yeah, we're going to break that. And so she led me through a prayer of repenting for, the, for believing in the lies of the enemy and for agreeing with the fear. Um, and so after we did, released everything and we prayed over it, she was like, you are free, you are free, you are free. Um, I was like, yes, I receive it. Um, but then she, but then she was like, well, um, how's your stomach? I was like, it's still really hurting. Um, and then she was, she said, well, there's going to be a process of healing. You will be healed. Um, and it's just, it's called a walkout process. Um, and, um, and while she was telling me that, she kept, like, pointing to the sky and laughing. And I was like, what is she doing? 
Um, and then a couple of times of doing that, she was like, the Lord keeps telling me you are healed. Um, not you will be healed. Not, not you will be. You are. Um, <laughs> and and she, and then she said, whether it, God has no time. Like he doesn't, he doesn't bi- abide by the rules of time. And whether the healing manifests now or later, you are healed. Um, <laughs> and so I had been like. I had been asking the Lord, when is this going to stop? Because it was just, it's just been a lot. And so I was like, when is this going to stop? I don't understand why this is going on for this long. Um, And so that was just like knowing that I am healed. Whether I feel it now or later, I am healed. Yeah. Yeah, anyone else? One other quick testimony. You guys? Okay. Wow, good stuff. Yes. Well, amen. All right, well, you're free to go. Free to stay. Bless you. And uh, we'll be having back here Thursday night at 7. See what the Lord wants to do.